the moment I start to focus on my pain, I mean, it's important to, to acknowledge the pain and see what is it your body's trying to tell you, or what is it that your emotions are trying to tell you, but to get out of that place. Cause I don't want to stay in that place. I shift it with gratitude and man, gratitude's alchemy turns what you can't do into what you can do and what you don't have into what you do have. And, um, it's been a life changer for me as far as like shifting my mindset every single day from the moment I wake up. On my million dollar hustle, the million dollar hustle podcast, where we keep it real, a state in entrepreneurship wisdom, learn to think like a millionaire and hustle like you're pro. Here's your host, Billy the Kid, aka Billionaire. Like a millionaire and hustle like you bro. This free game to change your life, you better so think, think like a millionaire and hustle like you bro. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK, a.k.a. Billionaire in this mug. I am excited. It is Friday today. Uh, by the time you listen to this, it will be Million Dollar Monday. Today is Million Dollar Monday if you're listening. Uh, because we release the podcast every two weeks, every other Monday. And I am excited today. Uh, but again, it is Friday. Shout out to Amberly Lago. This interview we just did is so powerful uh, it, you know i have two daughters and and uh i am a big advocate for for women right like being leaders and and uh all that good stuff and this woman is so strong and and it's not just a, a women thing um it's literally just a human like a great human she's just a great human and Anybody listening, uh, like talk about being a warrior. Like if you want to learn how to be a warrior today and keep life going, guys, the, you're in the right place today. Um, there, there were so many great things today. Uh, we didn't even get to talk about uh, her book, which her, it's her story. But uh, True Grit and Grace, grab a copy. I'm going to put it on my Amazon link uh if you go to amazon.com slash shop slash billy the kid i'm gonna have the book and that'll be book of the week for this episode uh, again her story is just amazing i cannot wait for you guys to listen um literally uh it's it, it's a mental workout listening to her uh like literally my mind is just, like you know i got chills and i'm just ready to roll after listening to her i i've heard her speak and uh yeah she's just an amazing human being so once again thank you amberly for being on the podcast and i know those of you who are listening it's a life it's a life changing show right like i always preach that and and i truly mean it and uh again it's on the um uh like listen to this episode today it's life changing i I look at every episode as a book, like every episode is a book. If you listen to it and apply some of the things or all the things or at least one thing out of the podcast, your life will change. And this one is truly that. Wherever it is that you're listening to, please leave us a five-star review if you truly believe this is a five-star review show. Otherwise, don't, obviously. Uh, but 
Please also screenshot wherever it is that you're listening to and share it, tag her, tag me, and we're going to reshare it so that way uh, we can get the word out and that way you get followers, we get followers, and we're all happily ever after. But uh, before we get in the show, guys, I just want to remind you guys, grab a copy of my book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out everywhere. It is on Amazon. It is on Barnes & Noble and all the other great stores, but... If you want an autograph copy, go to BillyTheKid.com, and I'm going to mail you an autograph copy. If you don't want an autograph copy, shame on you. Grab it on Amazon and everywhere else books are available. Uh, I also want you to follow the show, the podcast, um, whether it's on Spotify, on on uh, Apple Podcasts, or on Google, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, please follow the podcast and my music. Uh, I am on all those areas as well for my music. So uh, stay tuned by uh, following. And uh, we, I got so many great things coming up. Uh, the, uh, again, life-changing life shows like this one, um, my music to motivate you to keep going. Um, and uh, I am pretty sure by the time this airs, I'm going to have my song, The Million Dollar Hustle theme song out as well so go check that out uh, it's a great song for you to do the, your workout or if you're driving and you just want that extra motivation it's definitely that um otherwise i have all other kind of you know i have winner's circle out there i have open-minded all these great uh conscious uh motivational songs um <clears throat> excuse me but uh yeah i think uh otherwise guys i am ready to dive in um I guess one more announcement. Uh, if you are interested in joining the Get Uncomfortable Mastermind, please hit up info at billythekid.com or message me on my uh, Instagram or social media in general, and we will get back to you. We would love to have you. And also, as of right now, I'm still doing one-on-ones. Uh, again, I don't know for how long, but for sure, if you're interested, info at billythekid.com. Otherwise, uh, get get around great people, right? Like get get around uh, all the all the people in the mastermind are just killing it, doing their thing, and that's the people you want to surround yourself with. So if you're interested, please hit me up. Um, but I think I am ready, guys. I, I'm just ready to dive in. Um, again, she is a warrior. She is a great human being, and get ready to change your life, guys. This episode. Is truly a life-changing show, as I always promise. So with no further ado, here is Amberly Lago, baby. Vamonos. Welcome to the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast, baby. It is your boy, Billy the Kid, a.k.a. BDK. I am super excited today for because I have two daughters, and you, the person I have on the other end today is one of the strongest people that I know that's a woman, and I'm excited to share her story today. Amberly, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm so happy to see you. Thanks for having me on. Yes, thank you for uh taking time. I know you've been uh traveling and uh which we'll we'll talk about all the good stuff you got going on um and so this is the million dollar hustle and it's really it's about the person you need to become in order for you to get to that milestone, right? Cuz a lot of people think that it's uh it's like a financial thing. And, and the reality is that, no, you have to become a certain person if you want to get to that level. So uh, I know you know a little something about that with all the, the great stuff that uh, you've you've done and, and the stuff that you're building uh, going forward as well. So at the beginning of the show, what I like to do is just uh, 
if you tell us where are you from and, and kind of how you grew up and kind of how you got to where you're at, you're, you're at now, and then we'll kind of cover the in between there. Yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's so crazy. So I am actually in Texas right now. I just moved back to Texas. I was born in a small town in Texas. And I think from the time I was about eight or nine years old, I knew that I was going to move to California and be a professional dancer. And I don't know exactly how I knew that, but I went around telling everybody that that's what I was going to do. And, um, I don't think they even believed it until, you know, I graduated from high school and said, packed up my little Suzuki samurai. And I was like, I I'm out of here. I'm moving to California. And the last words, you know, my mom was like, why are you taking all, why are you taking all of your stuff? You're going to be back in a couple of weeks. And then I went to go say goodbye to my dad and my stepmom. And she's like, I think you're making a big mistake. And I was so determined. First of all, I think I was pushed by pain because I didn't have a real safe place to live in. I was sexually abused um, by my stepfather. And so I, I never really had a safe place to live there. And then mm -hmm. I was pulled by my purpose of dancing. And so I was going to do whatever it took to save up enough money to um, get by for a little while on my own until I found a job in California. So I worked four jobs. I was a, a lifeguard. I taught dance. I worked at a little place called the cookie jar. And then I babysat. So I, wow. I managed to save up $1,200 and, um, packed up my little car and off I went. And, you know, I did not realize, I think sometimes ignorance is bliss because I did not realize like it was pretty dangerous. When I first got to California, I ended up in the seediest little motel in Van Nuys in a gang area. And I remember, you know, put, there were cigarette burns on the wall. And I remember putting a a, a chair underneath the door. Cause I was afraid the guy that worked at the front desk was so, you know, sketchy that he was going to maybe try to get in or somebody would get in. And the next morning I woke up and I thought, what's different about my car. And the very first night I was in California in Van Nuys, the top off of my car, cause it was a convertible top off my car was stolen. Oh, wow. So I didn't have enough money to buy a new top. So I wore a poncho when it rained and rode around, but I knew I had this dream of being on scholarship at the Joe Tremaine dance studio. It was called the dance center. And I thought if I go and I show my face and I'd saved up enough money to take classes every day. And if I just go there and I show them that I'm serious about this, maybe they'll get to know me. Maybe I'll have a chance. And, um, it worked. I was the worst dancer. I was the best dancer coming from this little small town in Texas. I was the worst when it got to coming to LA. There were so many talented people. And to this day, I still think they took me under their wing because they, they saw that I had grit. They saw that I was going to work hard and it was a dream come true. And my very first music video that I was ever in was MC hammer. Can't touch this. And from there I was like, I have made it. My dreams have come true. I'm dancing with MC Hammer. And it was a lot. It taught me a lot about rejection and failure and getting back up and trying again. And I think as an entrepreneur, 
that those lessons I learned being a professional dancer carried over into my business as a fitness trainer and the, the, the career I had there. And then as an entrepreneur, um, because we definitely hit a lot of walls, uh, have failures, but it's taught me how to get up again and again and again. Mm. Such an amazing story. And and I feel like we haven't even scratched the surface yet because you you have way more to go after that. But uh let, let's uh let's focus on that. Like how, how crazy is it uh ending up like you, th- what I love about this is like you chase your dreams, like you literally left home and chased your dreams and and you know the the hustle behind that and the the ambition, right? Like um and especially being young like that. So, so I just want to take my hat off for that. That That's amazing. Uh, not a lot of people do that. Not unfortunately, those of you who are listening, like that's what it takes, right? You have to take action. You have to get uncomfortable and go out there and, and get it done. And MC hammer can't touch this. That that's, uh, is that's that amazing. crazy or what? <laughs> that's amazing. Like... Now, now I'm going to have to watch the video again. <laughs> yes, it, it was, it was amazing. And, and you know what it, I, I love the name of your show. I love your show and the hustle. And, you know, when I first got to California, I got four jobs within the next two weeks. And I remember walking into this little tiny cafe and they had a help wanted sign on the front. And I took the sign in, went into the restaurant and I said, I'm here for a job. And they're like, you're overqualified. We need a dishwasher. And I was like, no, I I really need a job. So I will wash dishes. And they're like, no. And they wouldn't give me the job. Mm. And so I went to a restaurant. I'd never waited tables. And I'm like, I need a job. And man, they just put me through like three interviews to work at Red Robin, um, waiting tables. By the third interview, I said, hey, what does it take to get a job here? Like, I I told you I'm going to work hard. Just give me a chance. I will show you that I can do this. And so they gave me they gave me the job. And then I auditioned at two different dance studios. And there I was. I was 18 years old and I showed up at the dance studio, there was no, they didn't have a sign up for teacher wanted or anything. I walked in and I said, Hey, I'm a dance instructor. I'd started teaching dance by the time I was age 13 when I started teaching dance. So I had a, thanks to my dance instructor, I had a lot of training under me and how to teach dance. And so when I walked into the studio, they said, well, let's see what you got. Teach this next class. And Right on the spot, they had me teach a group of girls that were the same age as me. So can you imagine like the attitude I got from like, who's this girl coming in thinking she can teach us? I had to earn their respect and I did. And I started teaching dancing at that studio they had there and another dance studio. I started my own dance company and and it was a lot about the hustle. And I think the the passion that I had inside me. And also, you know what? I didn't have parents that could afford to even help me with food or they didn't come out to California and be like, here, let's find you a nice little apartment. Let's get you set up. It was like, I had a car payment to make. I had a roof to keep over my head. I had my own bills to pay. And if I was going to make this dream come true, it was up to me to do it. Mm. Well, and and it's so crazy. I couldn't help but think uh, I just posted this uh, quote that I I found somewhere and you know social media and it, and it literally like as I keep hearing this over and over in your story and uh, the quote basically said turn that hurt into hustle, turn that pain into paper, 
And it, it literally like that, that's like, I feel like the definition of everything. And I want to tell you, Amberly, that uh, when I met you, the title as well of your book, and uh, those of you who are watching, you see it on the back, uh, True Grit and Grace. And can you describe what that means? What, why, why did you go with that brand? Yo, we'll be right back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle podcast. Before we continue, I want you to go grab a copy of my book, The Power of Being Uncomfortable. It is out on Amazon. It is out on Barnes & Noble, Walmart.com, Target.com, and everywhere else books are available. The great news, guys, is you can go to BillyTheKid.com and grab an autographed copy. That is right. I'm going to mail you an autographed copy right now. Audiobook is also available on Audible, and everywhere else audiobooks are available. So go listen to it. Go grab yourself an autographed copy, and I'll see you on the other side, baby. And now back to this great episode of the Million Dollar Hustle Podcast. Well, you know, thank you. That's such a great question. And by the way, I absolutely loved meeting you and I'm so glad that I got to meet you in person. And I just appreciate you taking the time to come over and talk with me. Um, I was speaking at Ken Joslin's event in Atlanta. Or was that one in that one was Atlanta? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've been all yeah. over the place. Shout yeah, out I think Ken that was in too. Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> and, Shout out to Ken Jocelyn, man. Such a yes. great dude. <laughs> yeah, he is. And um I didn't expect. So I said, Yeah, I'll get I'd be happy to give everybody a free book. Come to my table afterwards. I had no idea. I walked around the corner and I was just going to go sit in the audience and I had a line of people that were there to get a book. And I was like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. And for you to stand there and I got to talk with you. So that really meant a lot to me. So thank you so much. Yes. Um, And I went with True Grit and Grace because all I knew was about grit. Like I was, I mean, I'm not good at that many things, but I was good at the grit. I was never the most talented. I was never the best dancer. I was never the prettiest. I was never, I never had the most money or any of it, but I was good at the grit. I was good at the hustle and that's all I knew to do. And I didn't realize until I had, you know, a horrific motorcycle accident that, where, you know, I woke up from a coma and learned they were going to amputate my leg. And I had 34 surgeries to save my leg from amputation. And it was really the grit that went along, you know, behind like learning to walk again, getting through each surgery, um, the mindset that it took to get through even the pain of everything, but it was by the grace of God. And it's also the grace that I've had to learn to give myself along the journey that I, I, I couldn't really tap into resilience without grit plus the grace and, and that the grace has been a blessing from God but the grace that I give myself is still something that I sometimes struggle with because I come from a background of, you know, you just, you push through the pain. You know, I was an athlete and my coach was like a drill sergeant. And she was like, I don't care if you're throwing up on the track, get off the track to throw up and keep running. It's up to you to get us to district. My dance teacher didn't care if our toes were bleeding in our point shoes. I, I just saw my dance teacher. So my little niece, takes dance and she mm. takes dance from my dance teacher this many years later. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. And she's been my biggest mentor. And we were just talking about this last week that I was in a car accident and I had broken my leg and I went to the dance studio and we were doing a can-can and I was, I said, yeah, Miss Jackie. I said, do you remember 
I said, I was backstage and I was trying to, I didn't know my leg was broken. I just knew it was really hard to walk. And, um, you came backstage and you were like, Amberly, are you going to be able to do this or not? And I'm like, I am going to be able to do this. And she goes, and then your grandmother came running in the auditorium and said, they just looked at the x-rays. Your leg is broken. Get off of it. So my whole, I was always used to pushing through pain and pushing hard and hustle and working, but I had a lot of misconceptions about grit. I mistook like health scares for heroic acts. I mistook, um, you know, missing things and, and for, you know, I was stubborn and I mistook that for grit. I, there were so many things I mistook. And, and what I really realized is that in order to be resilient, in order to thrive and in order to have something sustainable as an entrepreneur, in order to find joy on the journey, we have to have grit with connection. And that's where we find mm. the resilience grit with the grace. And that's where we find resilience wow. when it's all about the grit man, it's like moving through quicksand. We hit walls, we hit rock bottoms, we get burnout. It's like clawing our way to the top. But like when I get to connect with you and I get to build with you and I get to like talk to you about podcasting and share your podcast on, on all my social media and my website, my newsletter, that's connection. That's where we both grow. Mm -hmm. That's where we both can thrive. And wow. so it was hard. That's a long answer for where did the grit and the grace come from? Uh, but the well, grit and it was a, expected, Amberly. It was expected because that, like I said, the name, uh, like I said, it got my attention. I'm like, yes, like I live by that. And so I, I expected it to mean this much to you. So it's a great answer. Like I, I love it. And there, there's a few questions with that. Um, I'm gonna ask you this personally because um, it's funny. Uh, we were just having lunch, uh, me and my wife, and uh, what one of the things, and because this the same like my traumas, I I also turned it into that hustle, right? That like let, let let's turn that pain and and keep it going, right? So we could get better. And uh, now that I have kids, um, we're we're trying to find like a thin line, right? Like uh, between obviously you still have to feel things, right? Like you still gotta have feelings and and uh talk and and say how you feel but then also let's let's keep it going like we can't settle you know with, with uh however you're feeling that day like you still have to get up and keep it going right so my question to you would be uh how do you how have you handled that where it is okay to give obviously to feel things but also you still have that grit right that you have to keep it going well, you know, that's such a great question. And I think when you have kids, it kind of changes. It changed everything for me. And I realized, so I'll give you a little backstory. Like my stepfather, um, he was an evil man. I mean, he sexually abused me, but he also like emotionally traumatized me. And he would get me to the point where he would want to make me cry. And when I did cry, he would laugh in my face and say, I told you so. I knew I could get the best of you. I knew I could make you cry. And so for years, as this small little girl, I um oops, sorry. Oh no, you're for, fine. For years, sorry. That was my husband calling. Um <laughs> he uh when I don't answer, it calls again and he like freaks out <laughs> that I don't answer the phone. I think he's still traumatized from my motorcycle accident. Yeah. But, um, as you know, as a child, 
I learned not to cry. And for years, that was my defense. I didn't cry. I didn't want anyone to see me cry. And it wasn't until I had my oldest daughter and we were running through the airport and the doors shut to the airplane. I could see the airplane backing away and I realized we had missed our flight and I just dropped all my bags and I started crying. And my daughter looked up at me and she's like, mama, I didn't know you knew how to cry. And it was at that moment, this story that I had created for myself of, I had to be strong and I had to do all these things, um, is not just a story that I created for myself, but it was a story that I had kind of created for my family. And I realized I don't want my daughters to grow up thinking that it's not okay to cry, to not express their feelings. And so there is a fine line and and I swear between me and my husband. So my husband is a Lieutenant commander with a highway patrol. He's recently retired, but he's always like, suck it up. Don't cry. You know, crying's for wusses. Like, and I'm like, baby, you just cry. You let it all out. So I'm like, she's going to need therapy because <laughs> she's got one parent telling her one thing, the other parent telling her another thing, but it makes me think of what my grandfather said, he always said, you know, you've got a shovel in your hand. You can lean on it and pray for a hole or you can start digging. So yeah, we got to lean on the shovel or lean on each other. We got to pray. Sometimes we have to cry, but if we really want to get her done, we got to start digging. We got to keep going. We got to keep moving forward. And, and now I'm all about let's cry. Let's feel the feelings because for too long I stuffed them down. I numbed them out. And then it was one day when that led me to a rock bottom because there's only so much you can stuff down that I thought there's got to be a better way. I thought, we heal what we reveal and we are only as sick as our secrets. And so I think that we, it's a very important for us to let our feelings rise to the surface so we can deal with them. We can talk to each other about them. And I think it's what connects us on a deeper level. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it's important to move forward. And so, um, yeah, so it's impressive to see my youngest daughter has got such well, both my daughters have grit and grace, but man, my youngest daughter, she's a horseback rider and she will literally get thrown off the horse, might shed a tear. And then she gets right back up on that horse. Love it. And so you mentioned trauma. How did, how have you handled it? You, you did say that, uh, I love that by the way, like revealing it, right? Like that, that's, uh, definitely how you cure, uh, the trauma, but what work have you done, Amberly, uh, to just get over all the pain and, and all the obviously life? Uh, I feel like it's a never ending uh, pain, but we can also make it a little easier as we get older. Right. And and more wisdom and, you know, having mm-hmm. these type of relationships like talking to you right now. Right. Like it, it makes me feel better and knowing like we're not alone. And those of you who are listening, uh, I think it's very important to know you're not alone in the journey of life. Like even just listening to a podcast. uh read her book, read my book. Like you're going to find that we all have stories and I, I love that, like revealing them. I, I n- like that just like hit me hard, Amberly, because I've done that with my music, with like everything that I do is how I've revealed my story. And I always say this mic is like my therapist, right? Like, you know, I just me talking and, and the, the music that I've recorded. So how have you dealt with it? Uh, what kind of like mental work and physical work have you done to get over the trauma? Cause you, you've gone through some, through some tough times and that's why you are where you're at. 
Well, thank you so much. And I just respect and admire everything that you're doing. Um, I think you're setting such an incredible example and you're, you're sharing your experience and how you've overcome so much. So thank you for all that you do. And thank you so much. I, I, I hid my pain for a long time. I didn't want people to know that I was diagnosed with an incurable nerve disease. I didn't want people to know that I was in severe pain. I didn't want people to see all my scars. And so on the outside, I was really trying to hold it up like everything was okay. And on the inside, I felt like I was dying. And what started happening was I was trying everything to treat this pain, this physical pain that feels like a vice grip on my foot and battery acid running through my veins from complex mm. regional pain syndrome. And I was taking very, doing very invasive surgeries and drastic procedures. I was on 73 homeopathic pills and 11 prescription medications at one time and wow. nothing was working. And I remember I was just like trying to stuff it down and suck it up. Like I've got a PhD and suck it up. And I was like, I can suck it up. I can hustle. I can get this, but I could only do so much. And then I really hit a rock bottom and I started drinking every day. And then I had so much shame because I was like, how did a good, I really asked myself this, how did a good girl like me end up like this drinking every day to cope with pain? I became a full-blown alcoholic and I went from being this elite athlete sponsored by Nike on top of the world to now I'm living out of a bottle. And it mm. took me really taking a good, hard look at my life and getting into acceptance. And I think that ex acceptance for where you are on your journey is the key to any transformation. And wow. so I really was like, I've got a problem and I need help. And I can't keep doing this on my own or I am going to die. I was that desperate. And I think that there's gift and desperation and it took every ounce of courage in me. But I remember, you know, I got, and I think that that courage came from God. I got on my knees and I prayed and then I reached out to somebody that I knew who was sober and I was like, I need help. I got a problem. And they're like, I, I can help you. I can take you to a 12 step recovery meeting. And then I didn't hear from them again. And I thought a week went by and I thought, no, I need help now, or I'm really, I'm really going to die. I'm not going to make it another day. And so I Googled 12 step recovery. I found a meeting where my kids were in school and my husband was at work. And I then went from sneaking my drinking to sneaking, going to recovery. And I remember just how you said, you said something so powerful you said, you're not alone. Like I felt so alone when I went into my first meeting, I realized all these other women had experienced something similar to me. And I heard hope in what they shared and I kept going back. And so, yes, I went, I went to therapy, but I went to a 12 step recovery. I went to meetings almost every day. I cried almost every day for a year or, or more um, I started sharing what I was going through with people that I trusted. And then I always say, say if you're going to share on social media or through a podcast or, or even my book, I had to share from a scar and not an open wound. So I had to mm. do a lot of self-development, do a lot of therapy, do hundreds of, of meetings. Um, I got sober in 2019 and I still 
check in with my sponsor almost every day and I meet her face to face every week. I still go to meetings. I still do daily readings. I still, you know, have a therapist and, and I believe that we can get better, um, whether it's healing trauma or whether it's, uh, climbing the ladder of success in your business by community and by relationships. And I would not be where I am today without the the deep connections that I've made along the way. And um, I think that when we come together and we support one another, that we're unstoppable. Um, so if you're listening to this, if you can take away one thing from this, he said it, I'm saying it, you are not alone in this journey reach out, reach out for help. If you're struggling, whether it's emotionally, financially, I mean, I was struggling. We had money. We had $2.9 million worth of medical expenses, a lien on our house. I was struggling in every way. And I want to just say that there are ways to get through that. And on the other side of that is freedom. Once you really feel your feelings. Mm, Wow. And I wanted to ask you this, Amberly, uh, Obviously, the accident that you had is, uh, I mean, I would love to hear because I truly believe a lot of it is also mental, but you had physical pain that you had to also fight. So the question would be, how did you get through that mentally and and physically? And would would you agree that mentally is probably the number one thing first before even physically, right? Oh yeah, you said it. And and I have to say that I think it all starts with your with your mindset and I got a lot of haters that came out of the woodwork when I went on uh, I went on the doctor's TV and you know when you're on a TV show a lot of times they'll edit it to make it shorter and they edited out the part of the interview where I said I'd tried all these different things for treatment and none of it worked and they just kept in that I get through pain, you can get through pain with your mindset. And that pissed a lot of people off. And I'm like, but that is how I get through pain because I still have pain and sometimes severe to where I can't even wear it. Like I don't even have a shoe on my right foot right now because it's there's pain, but there are ways mentally that you can strengthen your mindset to get through that. And it's all how you look at something. And sometimes it's up to you to just really shift your perspective. And so I think being an athlete and a dancer really helped prepare me to get through the pain physically because there were days when I'd be in the hospital bed and I had these metal rods that basically held my leg together and my leg was completely exposed on two sides. And every three hours they would have these bandages on my leg and they would have to peel these bandages off and replace them with new bandages. And the pain from it was so severe. My husband couldn't even stay in the room because I couldn't contain the screams. I couldn't, I, I, it, it was torture. And I would hold on to the side of the railing and I would literally watch the clock. And it was like, okay, I got three more hours before they're going to come and torture me again. And if it weren't for my mindset of, you know, that I developed the grit that I had learned through tough times being an athlete and had to push myself further than I thought that I could go or a dancer showing up and not giving up when my body was completely exhausted. I think that is what really helped me. Um, but I have to say that there is power in prayer and 
I prayed for strength from God and there's power of prayer. I had prayer warriors that were praying for me. And I think that that lifted a lot of my pain, just knowing that I wasn't doing it alone, that there was a force greater than me that was going to get me through it because I don't think it was just me. I couldn't have gotten through it all by myself. It was, yes, it comes from deep within you, but it also comes from the support around you comes also from your connection to your higher power, who I call God. Um, and so I think that's how I got through that. And, and I would say the quickest way to shift the way that you feel about your circumstances or the way that you're feeling. And this is something that seems so simple, but it's something I still do every single day is the moment I start to focus on my pain. I mean, it's important to, to acknowledge the pain and see what is it your body's trying to tell you, or what is it that your emotions are trying to tell you. But to get out of that place, because I don't want to stay in that place, I shift it with gratitude. And man, gratitude's alchemy turns what you can't do into what you can do and what you don't have into what you do have. And um, it's been a life changer for me as far as like shifting my mindset every single day from the moment I wake up. Mm, wow. And so, so powerful. Uh, again, those of you who are listening, I mean literally like let's it starts in your mind for sure right and and you just heard her like uh even like the stuff you're going through right now Amberly. uh even currently uh, and those of you who aren't following her please do now if you if you are not yet because um uh, that i think that's why i love everything that you do Amberly, because you're very authentic like you're you're not scared to obviously it this first half of the show you've already shared all these craziness that you have gone through and i feel like that's what makes your your story so powerful and that's why i gravitate towards it and and i know everybody that that follows you and and goes to the events that you put together and stuff um i know in your social media you did uh share so if you could talk a little bit about uh with your husband i know you had your unstoppable event coming up and oh yeah and uh it's like again life keeps keeps uh, testing the strong soldiers, right? Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, you know, it's not that, uh, you have resilience and then you're good or you've overcome something and you're good. It's like, no, life is always going to throw challenges your way. And I think that you need to work on your resilience before you actually need it. You need to work on your mindset before you actually have a huge challenge. You need to prepare your body and, and your health before you get sick. Um, wow. and recently, yeah, I was putting together a big event and ugh, my husband had to have not one surgery, but two surgeries. His first surgery had complications. And, and here I was going, I had 22 speakers flying in to come and speak at this unstoppable success summit that I put together that I'd been putting together for months. And, and I was just, I felt, I felt kind of defeated. I felt like I just, I, how could I leave my husband at home to have surgery when he was by my side for 34 surgeries and go do this event? And I had members of my Unstoppable Life Mastermind. They're like, you stay home, take care of your husband. We'll run the show. I mean, they stepped up. Talk about servant leaders. They were amazing. And my husband was like, we have been through way too much. We've been through way, way too much for you to stop now. This, this event's called Unstoppable Success Summit for a reason. You are going to go 
put that crazy suit that you bought to, for, for this event and you're going to go stand on that stage and you're going to show people how to be unstoppable. Wow. And for him to give me that support um, was amazing. But I, you know, it was an incredible event and God was, I, the Holy Spirit was at that event. Let me tell you, it was incredible. And I come home and to him having another surgery and then the very next week, you know, we were scheduled to record on your show, I think Monday or Wednesday this week. And my dad passed away. And, um, you know, I think yesterday was the first day that I didn't cry about that, that I felt a, a little stronger. Um, but everything that I've been through has allowed me to strengthen my resilience. And that's the thing, like we get to decide it's not your circumstances that define you. It's what you decide to do with what's left. Um, and I decided I want to be a product of my resiliency, not a product of my circumstances. Mm. And so, um, the way I've been able to even get back to work and to keep going, because people are like, how, what the heck? Like, you were in the ER, your husband had surgery, your dad just passed away. How are you still running this mastermind coaching, doing your podcast, speaking at events? And it's because I've developed that mindset and that grit. And I have something called PACER. It stands for perspective, acceptance, community, endurance, and rest. And there's a free download. So if you're listening and you want to strengthen your resilience and you want to download this, it's something that I use every single day. It's free. Just text me the word grit, just grit, G-R-I-T to 818-214-7378. And you'll get a free download because it's one thing I don't want you to just listen and feel inspired or, oh, well, I haven't been through that much. We all go through stuff. We all have been hit by something. And I want you to have this tool that you can apply it to whether you're in fear, whether you're in pain, whether you're anxious, whether you're sad, this will help you get through and be more resilient. And it stands for, you know, like I said, perspective, shifting your perspective, being an acceptance, building your community, strengthening your endurance and getting enough rest. Mm, wow. And I keep hearing acceptance. I feel like a lot of people run away from whatever it is that they're going through. Right. And it's funny, like it, it makes so much more sense now. Like I keep hearing acceptance from you and I feel like you have done that a lot throughout your story and, and even just the recent events that you just shared with us. Um, if we could dig a little bit deeper into accepting, uh, those of you who are listening, I think it's very important, wherever it is that you're going through, you have to accept it. Like it, it is what it is. You can't, and especially blaming whatever circumstances, right? Or even questioning God, for example. Um, I think that's why I, I keep hearing it in your story. And and I would love to hear what your what's your perspective on that, accepting. Oh, well, that's such a great question because that was actually the hardest thing for me to do. I did not want to accept that I was going to be diagnosed with this nerve disease and it was going to be incurable. And this was the rest of my life. Like, what? the rest of my life you're I was told I was I was going to be permanently disabled that I would never walk again oh, and wow. to stay in my wheelchair and mm -hmm. I was like uh what that cannot be my life um 
I wasn't in acceptance for the way that I looked. I used to work out what, you know, I was a train fitness trainer and I used to train with the bodybuilders, with the guys. Mm. Um, I was, my nickname was legs and I had some strong legs and now all of a sudden my leg is deformed. It's scarred up from the hip down, doesn't work properly. So I was in denial and that is what led me into drinking to try to like not accept to it because I realized I didn't want to accept the sexual abuse either. And I did not realize until I was completely bedridden for months at a time after my motorcycle accident that my whole life I had run. And that's what we do, right? When we come up with challenge, instead of maybe being acceptance, we go into fight or flight. And so I was like just running from pain, running, wow. escaping and doing it in a healthy way, like physically running. I became, mm -hmm. you know, one of the fastest runners. I set a state record in Texas for running the fastest mile. But when I couldn't do that anymore and I, I didn't want to accept it, that's when I started drinking. And it wasn't until I hit the lowest part of my life. And that wasn't when, after my motorcycle accident, this was when I started drinking every day to, to not accept and I remember thinking, well, this is just not going to work. I'm just going to go back in and ask this doctor to amputate my leg. And I went in and he did something that changed everything for me. He put my leg in his lap and he looked at it like it was a miracle, like that was his masterpiece and something shifted in me. And I thought if he can look at it that way, maybe I can learn to look at it that way too. And I think that sometimes mm -hmm. when we're having a hard time accepting something, when we can see it in somebody else's eyes or we have somebody that accepts us or loves us or believes in us before we can believe or accept or love ourselves, that really helps. But let me tell you, acceptance is not defeat. It is freedom. It gives you the ability to be in the driver's seat of your life and make the best decisions. You can start to take action steps with grit. And here's a question that I would ask yourself if you're having a hard time accepting something, like I really encourage you to look at, uh, take a good hard look at your life and, and ask yourself, how's that working for you? Is it hurting you or is it helping you? And then I say my favorite prayer every day. In fact, I have it on a board over here and it's the serenity prayer. And it says, God, grant me the ability to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. And so by asking myself, how's that working for you? That helps. And by saying that prayer, that helps. But also by looking at acceptance as freedom instead of defeat was a life changer for me. Wow. Yeah. No. And and I love that because I, I I've met a lot of people that uh, it's almost like they live in this lie because they're not accepting where they're at truly and where they, you know, and, and what the life, ha what life has thrown at them. They think they're like they're in this perfect bubble, we'll say. And it's like, it doesn't work like that. I, I feel like the minute you accept where you are financially, mentally, physically and everything, is the minute that your life is going to start changing. And, mm -hmm. and that's why I love that. And I kept hearing it from you. So I had to ask, and, and obviously you are a true definition of accepting and guys, I, I also want to make it clear. Like you guys have read my story, have heard the stuff that I've gone through and, and listening to Amberly, this is 
it takes guts to do what we do. Like it, it, it really does. Like when, when we share these stories and we let you know, but also we we're for one curing ourselves, right? Like I, I love that you said reveal earlier that like that, that's literally like that hit me really hard. Um, And also it, it's to encourage other people because life is not perfect. Nobody's perfect. And this is what makes you unique. This is what, this is your story. This is what God created for you, for you to fight for you, you know, and for you to be a, an example for others. So I, I love that. I, I just want to tell you, Amberly, thank you so much for sharing so much uh, personal life and, and just all the stuff that you share. That's why you are where you're at. That's why people gravitate to you because you are, you're just keeping it real girl. I just want to tell you that I, I love that about you. And well, I love that, that about you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, I just want to ask you now, uh, I know you hang around some some great people. You, you, you've been doing your thing, uh, speaking and coaching and all the great stuff that you do. What is the most uh, single piece of advice that you've like the best piece of advice you've ever heard from somebody? Mm. That's a good, good question. Um, I I would think. I would think that um, something actually my dance teacher said to me years ago um, is that's helped me with in my career to stay professional and keep moving forward um, and to get through days where I might be in a lot of pain is, and this is really going to date me because she used to say, you know, she mentored me and taught me how to be a dance teacher. And she would say, this is kind of harsh, but she would say, I don't care if you just lost your best friend or your dog died. When you put the needle on the record and turn around to teach the class, you put on a smile on your face and you do the best that you can do. Wow. And I know that sounds pretty harsh, like, but it was like that was back then we had to put the needle on the record and then turn around and teach. But it taught me that no matter what's going on, like show up and give your best, like show up and give your best, make every single room that you walk into better than it was before. Uh, leave every single person that you touch or you talk to with value and, and better feeling better than they did before. And I think that that really helped me. And I think that just staying humble and hungry is, wow. you know, really staying humble and um, grounded has really helped. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's so many amazing people that I get to fortunately hang with, you know, uh, Randy Garn and Ed Milet and John Maxwell. And they just say so many amazing things. They're all tweetable and quotable. But I think that growing up with a dance instructor that really taught me the business side of things, how to, to not just run the business, but how to show up professionally mm -hmm. and be a leader. No. And that, that's like, it's, uh, so simple quote unquote. Right. But it, it's so, it, I, I feel like that's almost like a definition of life, like get up and keep it going. Like, uh, I love that. That that's, uh, and, and I love such a, a long time ago for you that, you know, that that was uh, something that you kept on and it's keeping you on. So I love that. Um, And you said leave things better. And, and that's so true. Uh, it, it makes me think I, I'm into uh, some real estate as well. And um, it, it just makes me think of like flipping a house, like you leave it better. Right. And therefore you receive money. And I feel like 
that's something overall business. Uh, those of you who are listening that you you are supposed to do that. You're supposed to, as an entrepreneur, you're supposed to leave things better than how you found them. So that way you could make your money and it is okay to get paid for it. could be as simple as fixing a car, putting new tires and doing whatever else and reselling the car for more. That's your profit. Um, and the money comes when you do that, right? Like when you leave things better than how you found them. <laughs> we'll be right Before back. Before we continue, go subscribe to Billy the Kid YouTube. That is Billy, D-H-A-K-I-D. Also, go follow Billy the Kid Music on Spotify, Pandora, Apple Music, and everywhere else. Music is available. And now, back to this great episode. Let's go. I'm hopping out the two though. We're number two foe. Tripping like Kobe though. I'm winning. Need to do more. I'm a sorry, college was to foe me Street smart, no degree, just like Kobe Self-made boss with a suit like a mogul I'm the new era, you see it on my logo Oh yeah, and I mean, that's how I ran my business I mean, this is kind of crazy, but I didn't even own a computer six years ago I had a fitness business, I had several trainers that I employed and my whole business was word of mouth. And also from people just genuinely being happy from getting their results, I, that's how I got my business. It's the same thing now through my mastermind. Like if I can get somebody from point A to point B and they're like, their business is exploding, their brand is building, they're going to be running out telling everybody, hey, this is what she did for me. So it doesn't matter whether it's, teaching or coaching or whether I'm speaking at an event, I'm like, how can I make this event that this person's running the most incredible experience? And if that means me, you know, hanging out and beforehand and, and staying after sweeping the floor. I mean, this last event that I did, I was helping the caterer clean up. And it's the little things like that, that when we all come together and, and, put in, you know, put in the work and put in that extra effort and do things with kindness and stay humble. That's where I feel like your business starts to grow. Your life starts to grow. Mm, wow. Love it. And uh, what's happiness to you, Amberly? What does happiness mean? And how do you make yourself happy? I think that to me, happiness is getting to do the things that you love with the people that you love. And I think that we can create our, you know, our own happiness. It's not up to someone else to do that for us, but it's really getting quiet and still and listening to your, your heart or intuition or gut, whatever you want to call it, maybe all of it. And, and asking yourself, what are your values? What's important to you and what brings you joy? And sometimes I think as entrepreneurs, we can get caught up in the hustle and sometimes it's just hustle, hustle, hustle. And, it, and as much as we love what we do, it can be hard or draining or it can be tiring or, yeah. or physically draining. And so I think in moments like that, the R part in the pacer method that I told you about comes in handy where I've made rest a part of my business strategy. And in that yeah. rest is when I can stop, I can really um, decide you know, um, let God speak to me. I can, um, spark creativity and I can remember to do the things that really make me happy. Mm, wow. I love that. Yeah. That that's, uh, 
to me, that's the definition of happiness right there. So I love that. And uh, as much as I like hate to wrap it up, uh, I know you got to go do keep doing your thing, right? Like you got to go uh, do these massive things that you're doing. So um, with that being said, I wrote a book called The Power of Being Uncomfortable. And one of the questions that I like to ask uh, at the end of the show, I ask the same questions to every guest uh, for wisdom purposes. The first one is... Um, how have you used the power of being uncomfortable where uh, what was obviously your story? It's the uncomfortable over and over, but what was the one time that you recall where you got uncomfortable and it paid off? Um, I would say the very first big talk or that I ever did was a Ted talk. And it was a big one. It was in front of 2,500 people for the 10th anniversary, um, Berkeley TEDx. So it was a big one. Wow. And I was scared to death. Talk about imposter syndrome. I was the only one that didn't have a PhD. I was like, wow. Oh my gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. And they asked me to share the most important message of my life. And I was really scared, but I practiced really hard every day. And when I stood in the middle of that infamous red circle and I gave that talk and I stepped, you know, out of my comfort zone and into the courage. It was life-changing because after that I started, I just, I, I, somebody asked to see that talk yesterday and I looked and it's got like 200,000 views. I'm so glad that I didn't think of that many people watching that talk when I went out there to give that talk where <laughs> I really would have been scared, but it really was a life changer. And the fact that after that, I started getting asked to do more and more talks. And now I'm just saying this because like I'm pinching myself um, that I get, I've, this is the busiest I've ever been with doing speaking at events. And I'm sharing that because there was a time like not that long ago, um, back in 2020 when COVID came and I was like, I, I remember going, God, I just don't think this is for me. Cause I was doing virtual events and it was like just talking to myself, which mm. I did not like doing. And I was like, I don't think I'm meant for this. I just don't think I can do this. It's too scary. It's too uncomfortable. And the next call that I got was to go do an in-person event in Florida because they were opening things up. And so I just share that there, there are always going to be moments where you feel like giving up or you're thinking, oh, this is too hard or this is just too uncomfortable. But that's usually when you are just right at the closest to where you are meant to be. And so just put, keep doing one foot in front of the other one step at a time, progress, not perfection, and just taking messy action and keep moving forward. Mm, love it. Uh, it's like the to do doing perfect that taking perfect action and that is perfect right like i love that um what uh for another question that i have for you is if you were to look at your younger self now amberly uh what would be one piece of advice you would tell yourself trust your gut your gut never lies your head might get confused or tell you something your heart might pull at you but your gut never lies so always trust your gut mm, love it and uh, if there were three steps to success, if you do these three things, you're not going to fail. What are the three steps for success? Um, taking action every single day, being consistent, um, 
stepping out of your comfort zone and just doing it and taking messy action, <laughs> imperfect action, and surrounding yourself with a great mentor or coach or getting in a mastermind and not doing it alone. Mm, love it. Love it. Love it. Uh, where can people find you? Um, yeah, reach out to me. You can text me at that number, uh, 818-214-7378, especially if you want that free download. But you can find me on social media. Instagram is Amberly Lago Motivation or my podcast, True Grit and Grace. And you can find my book, the podcast, the mastermind details, um, and all the upcoming events at AmberlyLago.com. Love it. And uh, I, I couldn't help but I, I want to ask you this uh, last question here. Uh, is there a book that you have coming that maybe it's just in your head now or you already started writing, if you don't oh mind sharing? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, I, I need to have you on my podcast because I can't wait <laughs> to ask you so many questions, <laughs> like especially this same question. Let's um, do it. Yeah. So I've had a book in my head and on my heart for a long, long time. In fact, but I have to tell you something really funny. So I just finished doing my book and it launched on the Today Show and I just got interviewed by Megan Kelly and I'm like on top of the world and I go to brunch with um, my publicist and she goes, okay, so you need to start working on the next book. And I was like, what? The book <laughs> just came out today and you already want, it was so hard and you already want me to do another one. And from that book, I just, it has not stopped. It's just like gone and gotten one thing after another, after another. But I do have another book that um, I want to write. In fact, do you know John Gordon? Do you know who John Gordon is? Yes, yes. He's uh, written about actually, 26 books. Yeah, and he was just on, uh, shout out to Brendan Turner's podcast that he was just on there. I think he was the first guest on his new podcast, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah, well, check him it out. <laughs> and his wife are amazing. They're friends of mine. And we were talking and he's like, I'm really good at titling books. And I have the next title for your book. And I'm like, okay, now I just have to write it. <laughs> love it. I got to carve out that time to do it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Wow. And and that, that's crazy. So you had just released, you were on top of the world, quote unquote, right? And and uh, hey, where's the next one? So I love that. And it, it it's almost like that's the people you want around too, right? Like keep pushing you to uh, keep, keep doing your thing. Uh, it's funny. One of my mentors always says that uh, writing a book is like birthing a teenager is what he says. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow i like that it talks back always, to you and <laughs> yes yes it is i always said it's like birthing a child but i like birthing a teenager even better <laughs> it <Love> is it. <laughs> seriously well thank you so much amberly this has been great uh i think there were so many other things uh, I wanted to get to. So maybe in down in, in the future, we could do a part two or something. Uh, uh, you're, you're truly amazing. Keep doing your thing. Uh, it's inspiring. And we need more women like you to step up and and uh, take the lead. Take the lead like you have. So thank you so much. Uh, do you have any final words for people listening? Oh, I just want to thank you. And I know why your listeners love you so much. And you are truly like just exactly in person, just as amazing and kind as you are like in person versus on screen. And I just thank you for having me on and yeah, I want to have you on my podcast. So we let's have to it. work that out. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's do it. Love it. Thank you so much. Amber. This has been amazing. Those of you who are listening, uh, this has been a 
10-star show, but you can only go up to five. So we'll take the five-star review. And also, please screenshot wherever it is that you're listening to. Tag Amberly. Tag me on Instagram, wherever it is that you are on social media. And we're going to reshare it. Until next time. Vamanos. All I was focused on was financial freedom. Thinking we're rich. Rich that poor dad, you better read them. Millionaire thinking, get a bag. Big investments. Chase the bag. Then I flip it. Be relentless. Not, not worry about a football game score. Only my credit won what matters anymore. In the 3%, the other 97 drifting. Others do it for themselves. They not thinking. Think for yourself. Get rich and build your wealth. Get a run. Eat good. Watch your health. Think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. This free game to change your life, you better so think, think like a millionaire and hustle like you broke. Spit some game, drop the mic after I spoke.